Okay, I think we're, we're live and ready to go there. Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Uh, we are on part 3 and answering that question uh, that the disciples give uh, in our passage this morning. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Father, we come to thee again. We do ask that you may be at work with your word in our hearts. I pray that, again, as believers, that we are here with open and yielded hearts, ready to, to receive the engrafted word to our lives, to change us, to mold us and shape us into the image of Christ our Savior. I pray, Father, that we would gladly receive that molding and shaping so that Christ may be better seen in us. Again, we pray for that soul that may be here lost. May they see their need of coming to Christ, this one who calmed the sea. He can calm their hearts. I pray that they would come to know thee this morning before they leave this place. May we have the opportunity to show them in the scriptures what it means to trust Christ as their Savior, to have their sins forgiven, to be washed and cleansed, to have thy peace residing within them. Do that work that only you can do. And may we go forth rejoicing that it has been good to have been in thy house. And we'll thank you for what you will accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen. We come to our third answer, if you will, to the question, what manner of man is this? As we come to that and answer it, if you will, he is the satisfier of the saints. We kind of move forward, if you will, into understanding that as believers, He still satisfies us. He is there to bring satisfaction to us as He has desired to do. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 25 states, He says, For I have satiated, satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. The word satiate here means to slake the thirst, to saturate, to abundantly satisfy. Believer, can we not say that? That he is the satisfier of the saints? He gives satisfaction in our salvation, first of all. When a sinner comes to Christ, he finds complete satisfaction. I trust that it is even though it may be down a quarter of time that is getting farther and farther back, which it does with each passing year, 
But we can think back to that moment when we trusted Christ. Some of us may not have that exact date. I have a date set uh, that I have used because I don't remember the exact Sunday morning. I base it on some things that took place within our family. Uh, I had some cousins and an aunt and uncle uh, that were living uh, there in eastern North Carolina. He was discharged from the Marine Corps, and they moved back to northern Indiana. They moved back the first part of June. And it was a few Sundays after they left, because now we weren't going down to Havelock. We were staying uh, up uh, in New Bern on the creek side, and so we started, if you will, attending services a little more. And it was a couple Sundays after they left that that Sunday morning, after hearing a message on hell, that God convicted my heart, as we were talking about in the Sunday school, my dad sat up here on the second pew, uh, because that's where we sat, that's where I was sitting that Sunday morning, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. I've gone back to look at uh, a perpetual calendar to see, okay, what Sundays were Sundays in June of 1974? And have just looked and know that it's a couple Sundays after they left the first part of June, so I just chose a Sunday and said, that's the day, because I don't remember which Sunday. But I do know it took place. But I trust that we can go back down that corridor of time and remember the joy the peace, the satisfaction, the comfort, the relief. I mean, you, you fill in the words of what you felt, if you will, and I don't like to use that word all the time in, in regards to our salvation, but what we sensed, the weight that was lifted maybe, because our sins had been forgiven, we were cleansed, uh, a feeling of purity, and uh, we think back to that time, and he gives satisfaction. He gave us satisfaction. He gave us so much that we were missing. And it's like, now we've come to it. This is what I've been missing. And now I have it. And uh, we rejoice. And guess what? He continues to do that. It started at that moment of salvation. And it continues. There is satisfaction in that the newborn saint is given peace with God. I know everybody's testimonies are slightly different. The same thing occurred to all of us, but we all experience it in one way slightly different because of our own you know, backgrounds and upbringings and the things that we were going through. But you know, we now have peace with God, something we didn't have prior to that. And uh, many may be more antagonistic, if you will, to God than others. But, uh, you know, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 reminds us of that. Is therefore, being justified by faith, and that's what happened at salvation, we were declared righteous. We were given a new standing in Christ. And we've been justified by faith. Because of that, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're no longer at odds with God. And some of us may have you know, again, a more vivid recall of, yes, my life was antagonistic toward God prior to our salvation. 
I can't really say that I was openly antagonistic to God at work in my heart. My parents, dad's here, he knows, they sought to raise their children as moral, upright children. We were taught to respect our elders, to respect our police. They were the, they were the good people. And uh, if you do things wrong, you're going to be punished, expect it. You break the law, they're not going to come to our aid and say, oh, no, 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 officer, don't do that to my... They would have probably sat there and applauded him and said, yes, go to it. And guess what? When you get home, <laughs> there's more coming. Um, so I appreciate that, especially living up and growing up in the 60s and 70s when society was so different than that. Uh, I do appreciate that. And I have had, the older I get, a more appreciation and understanding that I was raised like that because there are people that are my age and you know, in office, think of a previous president who's just a month older than me, who celebrated his 60th birthday in August, um, that there's a different mindset because of how they grew up in the wildness of the 60s. And I appreciate the, the discipline, the orderliness that we had in our home. It's paid to me dividends, if you will. I wasn't, you know, out rebelling, doing whatever I wanted to. I could have. There were those people in school that were like that. But it, thankfully, I chose on a personal level not to go those routes. I, it didn't make sense to me for a lot of it. But, you know, he gives peace now to those that were at odds. And we were, whether we were in open rebellion or not, we were enemies of God prior to salvation. And uh, so now we're no longer enemies. There's been a peace that's been called. Jesus Christ has brokered that peace when he paid the penalty and the like for our sins. Gone is the sense of conviction and of fear. These are replaced with feelings of calmness and quietness in the soul. Again, I think back to that morning that I trusted Christ. Pastor Wingard was giving a very impassioned Message on hell. And God was using it in my heart, reminding me, you may be a, a fine, upstanding junior high boy, but that's where you're going, son. Because you've not placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You may be wanting to do what's right, but you're still a sinner in my eyes. Because you have broken my laws. I couldn't say I've kept the Ten Commandments. And neither can any of the rest of us. Or anybody else in the world for that matter. And God made that very clean to, clear to me that morning. Yes, son, you may be moral and upright, but you're, you've missed the mark. And that's where you're going. Even in your morality. And that was the end of it. I, God, I give up. I had been hearing that for a year when I went. And I was uncomfortable. I didn't like that big, tall man speaking like that. But I knew deep down he was right. God was at work. Convicting and convincing. 
And that morning there came no longer conviction, no longer fear. And yes, there was fear that morning. Hell is not a pleasant place. An eternal fire, torment. It's not a parable when we read about the rich man and Lazarus. And the rich man is in torments and would like for just a drop of water. How that must have taunted him, because he brings it up. I would like just a drop. And he can't have it. It's not given. And guess what? 2,000 years later, that man is still longing for a drop. And it doesn't come. He's in torments. That fear is gone. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit to show me that I was a sinner is gone. There is a calmness now. I'm not fearful of hell. I don't read those passages and think, oh my goodness. No. I'm not going there. God's replaced that fear with a calmness, a peace, a satisfying of our souls. That's not where I'm going. There's no longer the need to search. Many people, you know, will talk about searching for some, something's missing in my life. And so they try various things. We have Ecclesiastes. Now, Solomon is not searching for salvation, but he is showing us what the world searches for. And he lets us know, vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity, it's emptiness. As one old evangelist used to say, soap bubbles of soap bubbles. It's kind of what that vanity of vanity, there's nothing there. It's emptiness. You searched. You longed for something and nothing was filling it. And then Jesus Christ came. And he satisfied that searching, that longing that you had. He filled that void. He filled that emptiness. He filled that longing that you were seeking to find but could never find it. Regardless of what you were seeking after, it never filled it. You hear that so much from those that were drunkards or those that were you know, drug addicts or those that did other things. That I did these things because there was something that I wanted to fill. And I found that it wasn't a complete satisfaction. Yes, I get drunk and it felt okay then, but then there was the next morning. So I had to go out and do it again. Because that longing came back that it didn't satisfy. But when Christ comes, that satisfaction is there. He satisfies our longing souls. The Lord will satisfy us in our salvation, yes. And then will satisfy us in a longing for Him alone. 
What a joy, yes, in our salvation to know him. To have that emptiness filled. But then to, if you were, create in us a continued longing for him. It's not enough to have know the salvation that we have in Christ. Yes, I have a day that I remember I trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm saved eternally. But now, I want to know more about it. Again, I know I've said it, but for me, I didn't know what salvation was going to do to me. Because as I said, I didn't go home and tell mom, mom, I trusted Christ as my Savior this morning. Because I thought she would kick me out of the trailer. Because I knew what was going on. Mom allowed us to go, but she didn't go with us. I knew what had been going on in our home life. Dad's overseas. And so I didn't say anything. But she eventually understood something changed, something different happened. As I said, I no longer was lifting the blinds and waving at Brother Vernon when the bus came into the, the yard to pick us up, honking his horn. And I was just, yep, thanks, but no, we're not. He's gone, let's get dressed, and I'm taking my cane pole and going down to the creek side to go fishing. It was, I wanted to get up. I wanted to go. Rousing my sister some. I don't think they appreciated it too much because I wanted them to go too. I know a time or two they did come in and tried to turn off my alarm clock. I don't know which one. Of course. Of course. Not the youngest one. She's here, so it's not her. So obviously it was the other one. The one that's not here and can speak for herself. So, But... Um, yeah, there was a desire, a longing, if you will, to know more about my Savior. And so while I may have never verbally spoken anything, Mom did know to change. The son that wanted to stay home and go fishing was now wanting to go every Sunday. What's up here? But he satisfies our longing souls that we have a desire to know him. The psalmist says in Psalm 107, verse 9, For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. What a joy to have that. He's not going to leave us empty when we come looking to learn and know more of our Savior. We're not to love the world, we're to love him. 1 John 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. A change takes place that, yes, we may not fully understand. As I said, I certainly didn't. But it was there. The newborn saint finds that he loses his appetite for the things of the world because we have found something far better. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he continues 
to satisfy us. The satisfied saint will run after God and not the world. This is one of the greatest parts of the change that Jesus makes, as Paul told the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's a new life in Christ that we have that is growing and developing, that is satisfying us in ways the world could never because it's a longing and fulfilling satisfaction now with an understanding that we get the completeness of it when we reach heaven, when we're in his presence. And the encumbrances, if you will, of the old sinful nature will be gone. The more I walk through this life as a believer, the more, yes, I do long for that day. No, I'm not going to commit suicide tomorrow in order to have it happen earlier. But as I read the scriptures, as I see him at work and move, I look forward to that day when there isn't the encumbrance of this sinful nature. That it's gone. And I'm in his presence completely. Which leads us to the last. He does give eternal satisfaction. This satisfying is going to be for all eternity. One day this life will be over. The saints of God will pass from earth to heaven and will enter into the presence of God. And when we do, we will know the meaning of satisfaction perfectly. I do long for that day. As satisfied as I am in this life with what he is doing because he resides in us. For those in the adult Sunday school class, we didn't get there, but you know, chapter 14 introduces us to that. There is another comforter. One just like the Lord Jesus Christ, the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit at that time would indwell you disciples. He does indwell us. That came on the day of Pentecost. And now every subsequent believer, when we trust Christ, he takes up residency in us. And he is there guiding us and teaching us, leading us to a life of Christ. But we have, yes, the encumbrances, the roadblocks that seek to not have that worked out. The world, the flesh, and the devil. But that day, the world, the flesh, and the devil will no longer be at odds with us. They will be out of the picture because we will be in God's presence only. Notice what David says about it. Psalm 17, verse 15. As for me... I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. This is David in the Old Testament. Understanding that truth. 
He looked forward to that day and he has found it. And he's had enjoyed it for almost 3,000 years now. Psalm 16, verse 11, he says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I trust that as we read these verses, we, we are there with the psalmist, saying, yes, I agree with you. Why? Because of what we experience now as God works in us, drawing us towards Christ's likeness, satisfying what's going on in our lives, and we long for more. In heaven we will experience that eternal satisfaction. Gone will be the trials and storms of this life. Going back to our event in Mark. A great storm of wind is tossing and threatening. These sailors are fearful. Carest thou not that we perish? Do something, Jesus. Well, he has. And the trials and storms of life will be gone. Gone will be the tears and struggles of sin and of the flesh. Heaven will open before us with all its beauty and splendor, and we will enter the Lord's presence and truly know firsthand what true satisfaction is all about. This is really what we have now, a foretaste. As Paul would say to various, the Holy Spirit indwelling us is just the earnest of our inheritance. It's the earnest money, the small down payment. So stop and think about that for a moment, believer. As satisfied as we are now, with God using his word and working in our hearts to meet the longing, the, the satisfying that we have. He's telling us, that's just a down payment for what's coming. That's just a small portion of what's waiting. Just consider how satisfied we are going to be. And believe me, there are times when I really feel well satisfied in this life with what God is doing. And I said, that's just a down payment, folks. You think this is good, just wait till you come. John, in the book of Revelation, stated this in chapter 21, verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. A simple way of proclaiming it, but what a joy to know that. We're in his presence, no more tears. No more pain, no more sorrow. Those things are passed away. The complete satisfaction that he gives will be there. And we will experience it in its fullness. What a precious thought of comfort to every believer. God, our Lord Jesus Christ, satisfies completely. Believer, are we experiencing such satisfying? I trust that we are. 
I trust that you are. Because again, we do have hindrances to us as believers experiencing the satisfaction that God gives to us. The world, the flesh, and the devil do not want to see that happen. They don't want to see you satisfied in God. They want to be the one to fill that void, and they don't fill it. And the sooner we understand that, the better off we are. Whether it's at the moment of salvation, but guess what? That doesn't stop all of that from seeking to interfere. Just because we got saved, we trusted Christ, didn't all of a sudden put a, a, an impenetrable wall between us and our flesh, the world, and the devil. If anything, it just redoubled their efforts. We've been taken out of the family of sin, adopted into a new family. Our adversary doesn't like that. And will do anything and everything he can to thwart the satisfaction that God gives. But he can't. Because again, at one point in our life, we will breathe our last breath. And it will not be a win for our adversary. It's a win for our Savior, for we'll be in his presence. Unable to be touched by the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we will be completely satisfied. What manner of man is this? The one who gives us satisfaction. And will do it for all eternity. May we seek that satisfaction now. If you will, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Drawing us closer to our Savior. Seeing him clearly formed in us. Now. For our own good. And for the world to see. That there is a Savior who satisfies the longing soul. May we know it this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for thy word. We do thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, that manner of man who, yes, spoke to the winds and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And what was once a great wind, of, a storm of wind, is now a great calm. Father, we thank you that you calm our stormy seas of life. You satisfy us. And we thank you and praise you for that. Father, I pray that if there is a believer here, and to my knowledge, most that are here take testimony of knowing Christ as our Savior. I pray that we've not allowed the distractions, the, the influence of the world, the flesh, and the devil to thwart the satisfying that you give to the believer in this life. That we've not been like Peter, 
as Christ bid him come out unto the water. That we've taken our eyes off of you and we're looking at the situation in which we find ourselves. We've lost sight of you. We look at the winds and the waves and we see that things are boisterous. And we start to flounder and probably think, what in the world am I doing here? And yet you have those things for us so that we may focus on you. And we thank you that we can, if we do, turn our sights off of you. And the storms of life seemingly are overwhelming us. We, like Peter, can say, Lord, save me. Deliver me. Bring our eyes back to you, and your hand is there to lift us up. Father, you will lift us up when we reach out to thee. When we cry out to thee, Lord, deliver us. Help us. Your loving hand is there. There may be someone here like that, Father. I pray that they would reach out to thee. If there is sin in the life, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. May they seek that cleansing. Father, if we've not allowed those things to happen, may we not grow prideful. For as we've talked about, if we're not in a trial now, there will be one soon. There will be another storm of life. And Father, we will need you even more. May we humbly keep our eyes on thee. Thankful that you are the satisfier of our souls our longing hearts. Do that work with your word this morning. And truly, may we all go forth rejoicing, whether getting things right with thee or just rejoicing that we are satisfied in thee, looking for that day when complete satisfaction will be there when we're in your presence. Again, do the work that only you can with your word and hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.